1: Well, hello, Seattle. Hello, Peter Sound, and welcome to Happy Hour Radio. I am your host, Christopher Chan, advanced sommelier, and your weekend wine guy. So excited, and thank you for joining us every Saturday night at 6 o'clock to 7 o'clock, right here on 570 KVI. Have a lot of fun in store. We've got a great conversation with uh, one of Washington's, uh, well, I don't call him a godfather. How about just a uh, a big main man, big daddy up in Woodinville? It's John Patterson of Patterson Sellers. He's in studio today. We're going to have a lot of conversation. About uh, his background, a little story about Woodenville, and actually, I say a lot of story about Woodenville, Woodenville Wine Country, and uh, some Washington wines. So I'm gonna get right into it. Uh, uh, he also brought some pink wines, which is really cool. We've got uh, two rosés, one from Patterson Cellars, and the other from Lauren Ashton. Kit Singh is the maker at Lauren Ashton. They're both 2014, and I love pink wine. And if you love pink wine, you have to uh, check out the Rosé Revival June 18th out at Ray's Boathouse. Uh, check out SeattleUncorked.com. There'll be lots and lots of pink wine, uh, some great food. Uh, that's June 18th. Uh, I think that's a Thursday out at Ray's Boathouse. And tickets available at SeattleUncorked.com. So, right now, John Patterson, welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. Thank you, Christopher. Excited to be here. Yeah, so um, let's uh, share with our listeners uh, a little history. You got started. You were an intern. You were volunteering for Colcita Creek, as I recall, back in the late, in the early 2000s, right? Uh, Actually, it started before that. It was right out of high school, so um, 87.
2: I had worked there 11 years. It was part-time. The last two years, uh, more for a harvest, and then I would uh, go to school the other six months out of the year. Did you get paid in wine at all? And I got I got, a, I got I worked myself up to a, a case at the end, but it was uh, actually a paid paid job, so it was great. Oh well, right on. But so
1: um, you learned a lot from uh, um, uh, Glitzen. Correct, Alex, Paul, Marv, all great yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, there a good guy. And John Ware is the general sales manager, I think, and uh, he was uh, lived in the fraternity next door to me back in the eighties. Did, did you know him at that time? Then? I did. We okay. did. I think he was president, and so, and I was, uh, you know, one of those guys too. And uh, we had a lot of fun back then. Uh, we we were friends. They had anyway. Won't go into <laughs> old college stories. So, eleven years at Quail Creek. Now, I am um, sure there were many winemakers around the world that would uh, would pay the pay for that job. It was a good job.
2: I got to learn, got to see some great wines. They were um, always very supportive, and uh, I think I learned a lot. It was uh, just going away from there, but there was still so much I didn't know. That yeah. was the, uh, I think the hard part when you get out of there. It's like, oh, it's uh, there's there's an there's a whole new world. It's uh, more than making wine with carboys in your basement. It's uh, just getting out and finding the education and the the network of people you can reach out to. So it was good uh, a good base but uh i was uh you know in the real world you still have to make it and sell it and <laughs> it's uh
1: you have to do all the work because colceda Creek i'm sure was pretty much selling itself, so it looked pretty easy didn't it it did they um uh, you know
2: not open to the public you know release party once a year and uh waiting list for their wines they've uh, they put it together solid product good uh, good branding good marketing. Just very
1: consistent and some great scores uh, yes. some some fans uh, in the big publications well the, the real question is did you learn their secret fermentation temperature because I think that's one of the keys to their success They have a I don't know proprietary fermentation temperature, which they told me about, but they didn 't tell me what the number was so
2: well, I, yeah, I took took good notes i think uh, <laughs> a lot of what they 've uh, you know I saw them do was you know i've i 've seen one other winery here in the Woodville area that's Kind of uh, carrying that process on, and uh, you know, he's coming out of Bryant family, which was uh, I know Al was a big fan of at the time and stuff. So I think uh, they do a lot of you know kind of extend maceration of the uh, the fruit and carry it over, and you know, they they look for a certain number, you know, in tannin equivalents every year, you know, that they're they're aiming for with a uh, temperature management and, uh-huh. and being a you know winery that's been around thirty. You know, five years now. Seventy-eight, the, right? Correct. I think it's thirty. Yeah. So they've definitely <laughs> had the time to uh, get the learning curve, and uh, you know they've they've got it set up where everything's its its own individual lot, temperature controlled, and I think it's important.
1: What's cool too is that uh, of the uh, the marquee wineries we have the secession plan. I mean, yes. obviously from Al, you call him Al. <laughs> yes, Alex. Yeah, or Alex. <laughs> Alex and uh, Alex to Paul, and then I'm sure Paul will be there for another 20 years, God willing. And then, of course, like the Leonetti family, or sorry, the Figgins family, with Leonetti, went from uh, Gary to Chris, and um, I think that transition is is uh, going to have some marquee names. Uh, obviously, the Cole family. Um, I don't know how many their daughter Megan's is in the biz. So it's pretty neat to see the, the longevity because that's kind of what made um, the great wine regions or the great areas in in uh, Europe. Uh, famous is that we have longevity. You've got the domains in Burgundy. You've got the chateau in Bordeaux. You've got the champagne houses, which will you know have been gobbled up for the most part by conglomerates. But uh, uh, even in Germany, I mean, those guys. We talk about the Weinguts, and, and they've been making like Armand Deals, and doing five centuries of wine.
2: I know. I look at the, uh, I think we're coming up on our
1: 16th harvest for
2: Patterson. And, uh, it seems like a long time, but, you know, you're doing the wines of the world's classes or any of these others. And these houses have been around for, you know, four or 500 years. And you're like thinking, Oh, wow. Yeah. I've been been at this for 15 and it's, uh, it's a tremendous amount of work. And, I'm sure it was for uh, those wineries at the startup as well.
1: Well, I'm chatting with John Patterson, the uh, winemaker owner of Patterson Cellars up in Winville. And so where are you located in Winville? We have... Uh, Warehouse District is where we do our production. We have uh, about 6,000 square feet there
2: that we produce. We're approximately almost 6,000 cases now. Um, and then we have a... That's open Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then we have a location over in the Hollywood Schoolhouse District uh, that's open seven days a week, so we have a, Is
1: that new, or did someone... Bale.
2: three years. That was a uh, a gas station. I'm proud to say it was a uh, Chevron gas station. We uh, converted over. uh,
1: Oh, that's right. You're next to uh, Gorman and the Pizza Place, right? Correct. Yeah.
2: Beautiful corner location, outdoor patio. You know, roll-up garage doors. A lot of fun.
1: Yeah, that's and that's right there. You can't miss it. And you're trying to get to anywhere in Woodenville. You got that little roundabout. And of course, uh, you know, I'm sure Gorman gets a lot of attraction and with his rock star wines. So he's got a new guitar coming
2: in. I think I signed one for signed for one coming on coming in on uh, last Saturday. So.
1: Oh wow, it's good to have hobbies, yes, and interests <laughs> outside of wine. Well, um, sixteen years. Uh, this will be your sixteenth vintage in two thousand fifteen, huh? Correct. Yes. And where, what have you learned in yourself? I mean, it's, it's sometimes you look back in in making wine. It's like, what did w- did you wish you knew back then, ten years ago? I think uh the most
2: important thing is I always tell people getting into the business is uh education you know either go to school for it or hire you know a consultant, but there is definitely a learning curve it's uh it's something that you you know and, and it costs to learn it uh either in product that you can't sell and market or um you know just taking the time doing the education I think you end up with a you know a sound product doesn't mean you're not going to make mistakes but you know, you've 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 thought it through, and you know that you've made a mistake, and you're just not going to put it in the bottle. So, uh, oh. I think that's key. I um, we do a lot of uh, equipment rental for as one of our business, you know, models and you know it's always interesting when sample bottles come back you know when, from uh, a lot of startup wineries cuz you always end up getting a, a bottle along with the uh, the check for the equipment rental and uh it's uh, it makes it interesting it's uh it's uh, you know i like to say we donate some to the flaws class for uh, reggie at uh, <laughs> south seattle but uh you know I, I think it's uh you've got about 3 to 4 years before you know, your friends are tired of buying your bad wine, or you've ran out of money because, you know, you can't get the wine shops to buy your wine. So that's kind of uh, the business model that I've always uh, tell everybody when they're getting into the wine business. Get some education, find a good consultant, you know, good network of uh, friends, peer group, you know, that can help you answer your questions. And there's always going to be questions. Even having done the, you know, several programs and working on my Wazoo program now, there's... Uh, There's so much you don't know that I feel that I don't know about the industry that I'm always learning.
1: Well, that's sage advice from, uh, well, now a veteran in the Washington wine industry. Um, obviously, there's there's probably four stages of Washington wine. The early stage, which are most of those wineries are gone, except for the Colceda Creeks and the Leonettis, and uh, then the second wave, which took over Walla Walla, and the third wave, which sort of started in, in Woodinville um, with DeLille and San Michelle, of course, and Columbia Wineries, and more and more. And then the fourth wave, which has sort of been wineries propping up all around other uh, American viticulture areas, whether it's land and uh, horse seven hills and uh columbia gorge and just all these other places so it's pretty cool to know that you're in uh you know you're you're the the new wave
2: (laughs) (laughs) no i think i was winery uh 112 when i started uh in 2000 so it's uh it's been uh i think we're a little over 800 now according to the uh wine commission
1: yeah so Number 112, huh? Correct. You've got to do a wine called 112. 112. Right? Yeah, the ghost of what is it? I know there's some other wineries you do a couple of numbers. <laughs> yeah, Gorman
2: that... and uh, Mark Ryan have the ghost of
1: 413. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So cool. Uh, speaking with John Patterson of Patterson Cellars. Now, you have a couple of other responsibilities outside of being the, the chief rental guy and sort of the, <laughs> the godfather of helping other wineries, which is uh, benevolent and very generous. What do you do? What's your role uh, with Woodenville Wine Country? So uh, a vice
2: uh, vice chair with um, Woodinville Wine Country, it's our marketing arm that represents uh, close to 90, 90 wineries of the, I believe, just at about 98 to 100 that are in Woodinville. So those would be Eastern Washington Tasty Rooms and, and production wineries that uh, have set up shop there. You know, some are open to the public. Others are, you know, weekends and then, you know, probably 30 plus or uh, seven days a week and so we have a um, a strong group that we've you know put together board of directors we have a uh, sandra lee that's our uh executive director that does the day to day operations and we've got a great representation from uh you know delille chateau saint michel gorman winery bear uh j m so it's uh lauren Ashton make sure I didn't forget anybody but uh <laughs> you know just uh and we we market our area we uh we push it uh you know, with the Wine Commission and just uh, the different uh, travel writers and, and such and, and just making people aware of uh, Woodenville wines. And I think that benefits the state. I, I, I truly, it's, uh, we're approachable. We're, you know, 20 minutes without traffic to to Woodenville on the weekends and people will make the drive to, uh, I think, uh, become familiar. Maybe they're not into wines, but uh, come out for maybe a, a tourist attraction to learn about it. And then they can see what the, the rest of the state has to offer. And uh you know make it trip to Eastern Washington, which is you know it's a a day commitment or a weekend commitment it's It's hard to make it over and back in a day of tasting wines
1: so. oh yeah, that's tough, and it's better to stay and, and enjoy yourself without the pressure and stress because um you, you know the wine country is best about slowing down and just enjoying the scenery, the food, the people, and of course the wine correct i think yeah. well, you know it's interesting to see um well- um, popular culture in the last five years um I remember looking at some reruns and they were in a bar they were drinking beers and martinis but now most of the shows you see everyone's got a glass of wine it's become almost um more than mother's little helper it's everybody's got a <laughs> glass of wine at all the time it's like this is how we live now
2: I think uh definitely the uh the wine the spirits even the you uh, know you know the I think we have six microbreweries out in uh, the Woodenville market now so it's uh it's kind of this uh, hip thing to do and it's busy it's uh it's a great I always look at it as like a. it's like going to the mall it used to be it's It's kind of your recreation oh, yeah. on the weekends. it's uh people coming out exploring it's entertainment versus a going out and doing you know filling putting some bottles in the cellar.
1: Have you noticed uh quickly, have you noticed more people uh, having a thirst for learning, so to speak? Is there more actual questions now because I think before it was mmm, like, this is nice, can I have some more now is it mmm, this is nice, what sort of oak regimen do you use or yeah, how we- long is this macerated?" We we definitely get the uh, the questions. I think the
2: consumer's educated, you know. There's programs here in the area, so I I, I would say that they're coming out asking. And they want to know, you know, what AVA it's from, what uh, you know, what kind of barrel regiment. Uh, so many different things to learn and ask, and and each person's different. I think um, maybe some people are nervous to ask the questions. Uh, there's no bad. A question. couple
1: glasses of wine, <laughs> they're sort yes. of loosened up.
2: So uh, it's uh, it's enjoyable from that point. It's always it's always great to teach, and I think when you have a great you know staff that can communicate the wines and not talk over everybody's head, I think that's that's important to uh, get the message across.
1: That's great, and we do just a little bit of talking over everyone's heads. We're on the airwaves, so it's up in the sky. Well, speaking with John Patterson, the uh, proprietor, owner, winemaker for Patterson Cellars, which is located next to Gorman Winery and that cool pizza place there in the heart of Woodenville. Well, one of the hearts. You also have a uh, the warehouse district, right? You're out there. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we're going to take a little break. When we come back, we're going to dive into some pink wines that he brought because I'm all about rose. And if you like rose, check out the rose revival June 18th out at Ray's Boathouse. That's seattleandcork.com for tickets. Rose revival June 18th. So stick around. We'll be right back on Happy Hour Radio.
0: Breaking down the big stories. Len Beck, weekdays 9 to noon on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Now more KVI Want to Know Weekends. Back to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chen.
1: Alright, welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. I have my pal John Patterson from Patterson Cellars in Woodville. He's in the studio today. We're getting a little history about uh, winery number 112. It's 16 years, or 16th vintage coming up this year. And right now uh, we've got uh, two pretty pink wines here in my glasses. i got two glasses here. One is Patterson Cellars 2014 Rosé from Walla Walla Valley. The other is Lorne Ashton Cellars 2014 Rosé. Which wine should we talk about first? Let's talk about Kits. Kitts. Kitsing the winemaker Thank you for Lauren Ashton, which is also in Woodenville. so uh this ki- uh,
2: kid had done this wine whole cluster press. I know because he we uses our press for uh, the processing part of it so uh and I believe so no
1: crushing and distemming then
2: he did not distem this interesting so hopefully i 'm not contradicting any uh, website kit i apologize uh-huh no it's all uh this was all uh, whole cluster press brought it in, treated it as a uh, white wine grape. Uh, And then we just, you know, pressed it off, didn't do any extended uh, skin contact time.
1: Interesting. So really, there's two, three ways to make rosé wine. The first, of course, very popular in Washington State, is to fortify your red wine by extracting or or draining off some of the juice just during uh, fermentation or maceration. Maceration is before fermentation. That's where you're just soaking the skins. And to enhance your red wine, a lot of times you just bleed off some of the juice. Or in for France, it's sanglier, the sanglier method, which just means you're bleeding off some juice from the red wine must. Uh, The other way is to take a white wine, of course, and the champagne method is to add a little red wine to it. That makes a pink wine, but uh, the true rosé method is uh, the, the way they do it in Provence, and this is the. Uh well, whole cluster. You press it, you pick it, you press it, and you just get that light skin contact. And there, all these wines are, are great. They can be great, uh, very um, uh, expressive, uh, uh, delicate, delicate, and nuanced. And uh, let's taste this wine. So, what grape goes in the Lauren Ashton 2014 rosé? This
2: is a uh, Mavedra and Grenache. Ah, okay. So, 50 50 on those right down the middle.
1: So, um, Mavedra and Grenache, uh, two classic grape varieties from the Provence region or the southern France region known for being included in a host of red wines, but more importantly, uh, the Great Rosés from Provence. And um, this wine is a beautiful pale patina. It's a very, very light salmon. It's almost a poached salmon color. Um, uh, very delicate. Uh, it's just a very soft rose petal, pink rose petal. Um, the aromatics here are, are um, it's a little effusive. It's It has uh, some bright pink-red f- fruit flavors. Um, in the mouth, there's just... There's just a very faint touch of residual sugar here. I think it's just got a very taint touch of sweetness. Do you think this is dry or is it?
2: I would call, I would consider this dry.
1: Yeah, it's um, but the fruit is so juicy; it almost it lingers on the palate. It gives you that that concentration of and it's hard to say when you this concentration in a pink wine. But really, that's what makes great rosé is that you've got this delicate color, but you've got this expressiveness in the wine.
2: Now it's great fruit, uh, good acid, mouth still watering, well put together.
1: Hmm. Had a chance to t- this, taste this at uh, North of Ninety Five event at Russell's. Um, we were t- we were talking about it, and uh, I think it's showing beautifully right now. And this is, I imagine, uh, under twenty bucks. I believe it is. Yeah, that's good. Yes, yeah, so uh, nice and juicy. Uh, twenty fourteen. Um, well done. So let's talk about your rosé style. How do you uh, what the grape in this, and how do you um, press it? So this was uh,
2: Seven Hills Vineyard out of Walla Walla. It was eighty uh, percent Syrah. I'm sorry, eighty percent Sangiovese and 20% Merlot. This, we uh, brought the grapes in, stem the grapes uh, whole berry, and then we did a uh, cold soak. So we soaked them overnight, uh, and then we pressed them off. So we, did, we handled this a little bit different. We did remove the stems and uh, let it sit in a tank with some CO2 to prevent some oxidation, and then uh, did the press cycle on it. And then we uh, took these skins... And uh, which still have you know the color, and we dump those or we put those back into our uh, Sangiovese uh, still wine, our mm. our red wine. I
1: think, I think it's th- called Enfricado. No, that's uh, du- I think it's a double spaghetti. Double spaghetti. Yeah. Is that what it's called? I believe. Uh, uh, yeah, Doppelpasta. pasta. Yes. Yeah, that's so. it.
2: It gives uh, a little more, uh, a little more tannins, a little more structure to the uh, our uh, Sangiovese uh, red wine that we release in a couple of years. But uh,
1: did you pick these grapes a little early? Did you get to twenty two bricks or twenty four
2: bricks? About 23 and a half. 23 and a half. Mm-hmm. So it was uh, barrel fermented. We put it in uh, neutral. Actually, I
1: think two new and then uh, a few new. It's interesting because I when I put it in my nose, I got a sense of just a, a faint whiff of vanilla and sweet oak. I said, "Is that oak?" Yeah. which is, is rare for for uh, rosé wines, but I, I think this is it provided a little bit of uh, baseline texture and also some, um, well, complexity based on the yeah. oak.
2: We did uh, surlise on this, so we stirred the barrels uh, once, a, once a day during fermentation, and then we, did, uh, we let it sit on the lees for about a month after it finished
1: fermentation. Mm, that acid is nice and bright. It's very Sangiovese acid-driven. Um, wine's in balance. Long lingering acidic finish, um, but that fruit, the ripeness of fruit. This is more of a compared to the two wines. Obviously, we have the, the more of a raspberry with the um, Lauren Ashton, but this is uh, this tends to be on the strawberry watermelon side. Correct. I think we put uh, sweet Jolly Rancher in our tasting notes. Well, <laughs> watermelon Jolly Rancher. Yeah. Um, juicy, fun, uh, very refreshing. So, uh, what does your wine run? This is $18 a bottle. Yeah, and you can find it at the tasting room, of course. And Correct. Do you have some of the retailers around town that support the Patterson Sellers Rosé? This is a um,
2: chaser room only. So we do two Rosés. We do the um, the French, uh, the signet to bleed off the fermenters. That one... Um, Forbidden Rosé, right? Forbidden Rosé. Uh-huh. So that one's a little over 800 cases, and that makes it to uh, mostly total wine and Costco. And so they're strong supporters of that wine that's a, a little uh, off dry can't use the word sweet so a little residual sugar but a uh, different style
1: uh, well that's cool that you have uh, two versions one that um, and I think rosé is one of those grapes that I mean what was your first wine that you tasted are you Tell me it wasn't Quilcita Creek because no, <laughs> I think, no, you'd I think be probably spoiled. my
2: first wine was uh, probably a little uh, MD twenty twenty or something. Uh uh-huh.
1: So it had some sugar in it. It right? did. It Correct. did. My first wine when I was eighteen, uh, going to Mondo's World Wine Shop. I remember um, being just sort of turned on by this Bonaire Sunset Blush, and mm-hmm. I I recount that. So I always say that uh, pink wines or the white Zinfandels of the world um, in that time frame were the gateway wines, really, because if I didn't like that, you know, I probably was never going to get into wine. No, because <laughs> uh, no. at that young age, we like sweet and sour, and it's it's really like a candy. And I think for most uh, consumers, as they dive into the world of wines, and especially in the summer, having some rosés at 10 bucks or 12 bucks is that entry wine again. And so at some point, they're going to go, you know what? I've had that one. I'm looking for something a little drier because I think we all go drier at some point um, because I think cocktails can be sweet and uh, beers can be malty. But wine, for the most part, unless it's a sweet dessert wine like we had last week with Bart Fawbush, um, dryness adds more of a wine experience. Because it does, you know, because t- this tongue gets sugar, um, and you get the acid. But sometimes you get lost, and when it's dry, you just get the whole um, expression from the grapes. Correct.
2: So I enjoy uh, I like. We we blend back. We will blend back some uh, residual sugar to some of our whites. We'll hold back some late harvest and and uh, you know go for a, a good acid um, sugar mix depending on the wine, the varietal. Uh-huh. So I think it's uh, American palate. Loves a little bit of sweetness, even if they tell you they don't.
1: We all do. That's why you add uh, sugar to spaghetti sauce sometimes. Yes. Yeah, it makes sense. You got all that acid, and it's okay. I mean, sugar is really, um, you know, to make a balanced wine with sweetness, you, you have to have high acid. I mean, what is lemonade? Lemonade is sugar and acid, and it tastes great. Sometimes it's more acidic and more lemony, sometimes it's a little sweeter. You can have both styles, but it's still, quote unquote, lemonade. Correct. Um, How many wines are you making right now? We do about eight to ten wines a year. So we
2: try to stay very focused. Um, I think at one time we were probably up in the 12 to 14, which is too many wines to manage on a consistent basis. So we um, bring in our, we do a sparkling, which is kind of our fun project. Um, We do a sparkling rose. And then we do a uh, Blanc de Blanc, which is a Sparkling Chardonnay.
1: And those are actually entourage and your uh, secondary fermentation? I mean, you're doing it in the bottle? We're or doing it in the bottle. So we uh,
2: crown cap them. We put them away for, we're probably looking at two to three years before we... Uh, do the disgorge and the uh,
1: did you pick specific varieties uh for their high acidity or did you pick just any variety and pick it early? So we picked early, we picked uh, Chardonnay off of a uh, sage cliff,
2: <coughs> was is our um our Chardonnay or Blanc de Blanc, and that is our we we pick it at about 19 bricks and then um, so it's a little higher acid and we adjust the acid if we have to and then we uh. Um, do the fermentation barrel? You mean
1: like malic uh, malo fermentation, malolactic, uh, or do you add when you say adjust it? What does that mean?
2: A lot of times we'll adjust it with a little tartaric. It, I see. Because um, you know the idea with most sparkling is you are going to add back um, sweetened wine. Yeah. At one at dosage. A, dosage, correct. And so then, doing that, you know, you want to adjust the acid higher because the time you do the uh, dosage, you're not going to be adding back acid at that time. You're just doing a finished wine product.
1: Interesting, because most of the grapes have this higher malic acid content at the time, right? Or is that tartaric, when they pull them, when they press them?
2: uh, So you're converting malic to tartaric, um, or lactic, I'm sorry. But... um, it's pretty much 50-50. Or, is it?
1: Yeah. Because there's always point. that green apple note in some of these young wines. You get that, um, mm, that's nice and bright. Which with the it? mallet, correct. Yeah. And then being, you know, you convert
2: it. And we did that with our um, sparkling. So we uh, we pitch ML a couple of days after primary, and we barrel ferment the uh, the shard because we want to... Take the uh, the malic down a little. So, it's like not so bright. that's what Krug does, baby. Do they? <laughs> so it's a uh, it's it's a fun process where we uh, I, I think it just gives it a little little rounder notice. and the neutral barrels, right? Because Bollinger J uses neutral barrels. Correct. We uh, we run it through the neutral barrels and do the uh, stir the leaves every day, and then uh, we try to get it bottled uh, usually about the first week of December. So All
1: right, you got someone riddling it real quick.
2: We're probably the the riddling part. We're probably going to send it down to Oregon. Oh, zero palette. Uh, yes. Yeah, and. That's, cool. that's the hard part There's just no So we'll just look for this In 2017 I would say What is this year It's always a blur I'd 2015 say,
1: Yeah 15 I'd say 17 <laughs> The easier. winemaker challenge Of 15 vintages Coming up now in the 16th. Speak with John Patterson On Happy Hour Radio When we come back We're going to chat about All the co- cool stuff Happening in Woodinville WoodinvilleWineCountry.com If you got a question Send us an email At ask At happyhourradio.net Or even check out Our website Happyhourradio.net We'll be right back On Happy Hour Radio
0: Lars Larson has the real story. Weekdays, 6 to 9 p.m., only on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Talk Radio 570 KVI, Want to Know Weekends continue. Now, back to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan.
1: All right, welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. Chat with my pal John Patterson of Patterson Cellars, and he's uh, he resides in Woodville, WoodvilleWineCountry dot com. Uh, he's been in this business for fifteen years. Uh, winery number one twelve, uh, that's historic. And uh, he's promised me he's going to make a wine called one twelve something. We'll see. Um, but let's talk about Woodville Wine Country, John. There's uh, our friend Sandra Lee, who's executive director. Uh, she's been there for uh, over a year and a half now, and I think she's done some amazing things. Let's talk about uh, maybe two years, I think. I think coming up on two years, Yeah, coming up on two years. So, uh, what are the great programs, great opportunities, great engagement, consumer things uh, that's happening in Winville? I see one thing here, it's called Savor at Sunset. Savor at Sunset, so uh, we start in April, and we work our way through October.
2: So, uh, first and third Thursdays, the uh, you know people come out to Woodenville. We do it in Hollywood on the first Thursday and the Warehouse District on the third Thursday, and it just gives people a chance to get out after work, uh, experience Woodenville, you know, try up to you know ten to twenty different wineries depending, you know, how it builds throughout the season, and uh, just you know,
1: are they select wineries? Is there a certain neighborhood that you go for this Thursday and the next Thursday you over here, or how does that work? So the first Thursday is uh,
2: Hollywood, the second. I'm sorry. The third Thursday is the Warehouse District, correct? What's the first Thursday? <laughs> the uh, first Thursday is the Hollywood Schoolhouse District, and the third Thursday is the Warehouse District.
1: I see. So that's it's every first and third Thursday. Every it's first be Hollywood, and thir- first time, and I see because Hollywood sort of encompasses probably 30 wineries there, maybe a little more. Correct. I yeah. think we
2: got to. Uh, and the warehouse district is a little more spread out. We've got Artisan Hill area, the Junction, and
1: then you know I think the the warehouse proper, the old the old guard. And so basically, this is just an opportunity to to have a, a sort of a party in each of these neighborhoods. Um, is there special pricing, or is this just is a is one fee, or how does that work? I believe
2: we are twenty dollars, and it gets you I think twelve tastings. You can come out. You uh, mean, twelve wineries, correct? Yeah. Well, I meant uh, twenty dollars for the. To get out for the event, then we give you tokens that'll get you through about twelve different tastings at different wineries you can purchase more tokens to uh to to sample more wine wines. So that's if like a too.
1: buck seventy five a taste pretty much. Correct. Yeah. Right. Close, too? C- close, yeah. <laughs> yes. So I think it's, it's good. You get to
2: experience some wineries. and, and uh, That's a
1: deal. It is. Because most wineries are, you know, it's a $5, 10 charge, which is very nominal to begin with, considering you you have a person there, you have a staff person to help educate, you've got to pay the rent, you have clean glassware, you have some some water, spit buckets, you have a lot of amenities there. So 5 or 10 bucks to try all these wines without opening one is still a deal. But now you're getting a chance to take 12 tastes for $20. How do people find tickets? Is this com? Correct. Just go to our website. You uh, can click through. You can buy tickets the night of the event as well. Now, are those tickets night-specific, or can you just have a pass that says it's first Thursday or third Thursday? doesn't matter. As long as you come back, you get these tokens.
2: I haven't been to the website to yeah. see
1: that. Well, well, we'll ask our listeners out there mm-hmm. check it out. I would imagine you buy it for, and you get a ticket, and you can come to it, because you, know, you, you just want to sell tickets and make sure it works. Nobody wants to have a ticket on a one-night and say, I missed it, and then I'm out 20 bucks. Yeah, right? That's I'm sure always you, you redeem it. Send Sandra an email. She's great to work with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what is that? Sandra at WoodenvilleWineCountry dot com. She's a sweetheart. Uh, well, Savor at Sunset is the first and third Thursdays uh, now through October from four to eight p.m. So you can get there. It's basically extended happy hour, which we love on Happy Hour Radio. Uh, check it out. Uh, the first Thursday is the Hollywood w- School District, and then the third Thursday is the Warehouse District. So um, you have another event here. I know Sandra's put together something called Celebrate
2: Woodenville. Celebrate Woodenville. That's uh, that's my favorite. That's uh, a great event. Wednesday nights, and it's July, July fifteenth, twenty second, twenty ninth. Um, you can visit the website and click over to, uh, or just Google "Celebrate Woodenville," and uh, it's there at the, uh, I call it the Jack in the Box Park, as you come into town. And it's uh, got live music. Uh, you know, what is the Jack-in-the-Box Park? I know. I'm trying to think of the exact name of it. Is this
1: uh, down from uh, uh, Shadow St. Michel or Willow's Lodge? That's Field? So um, the first entrance into Woodenville, just go th-
2: straight through the intersection underneath the trestle, and it's uh, right there behind Jack-in-the-Box. Okay. So I call it Jack-in-the-Box Park. <laughs> <All right. laughs> it's kind of, uh, yeah, right when you're entering Woodenville, it's uh, there on your right-hand side. Uh, the uh, Burke-Gilman Trail runs right through the park. And uh, they've got the food trucks
1: set up. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. So uh, celebrate Woodinville. So each of these nights, July 15th, July 22nd, this is a daytime event or an evening event? Evening event. It starts right. about uh, 6 o'clock. There's uh, music.
2: Uh, probably end up with about four to 500 people each night. And if there's no rain, and it's a great turnout. Beer there's no
1: rain, knock, knock. This, I know. This is another This will be the third beautiful vintage in Seattle. <laughs> yes,
2: yes. I think it was canceled once because we had uh, lightning. But
1: uh, other than that, Goes on if there's rain. Uh, so celebrate Woodville. Is there a ticket price or is this free? It's free. Wow. Okay, great. So we've got July 15th, July 22nd, 29th, and August all the way through. Uh, wine, breweries, restaurants, nurseries? Nurseries, Smallbacks. Malbec's is probably one of our oh, largest I draws see. in the area. Oh, that's cool. After Chateau and uh, So Columbia. fun. So celebrate Woodenville. Check it out at com. Free event for wineries, music, and more. Uh, and also, speaking of music, you've got something called Taste and Tunes. Taste and Tunes. So this is our uh, Saturday, July 25th from uh,
2: 1 p.m. to 5, and this is in the uh, warehouse district. So we've got uh, different uh, stages set up with music The you know, it's free to attend. You can uh, pick up uh, tastings at the different wineries, or get a tasting card. But your, you know, music's just there for your enjoyment.
1: <laughs> That's good. So you got different bands, and so you got a variety of music. I imagine some folk music, some pop music, some rock, and some reggae, maybe.
2: Correct. Correct. Sanders done a good job putting together the lineup for the music.
1: That's exciting. So everyone gets a red cup to walk around, or can you actually drink outside the tasting rooms now? That is the one thing you can't do. Oh unfortunately, no. In our parks. Well, it's uh, you know you can. They need to block that fence, that whole thing off at some point. (laughs) Yes, that'd be great. Because that's what you want—you to walk around, get the music, and it's sitting where it's like tasting tunes, right? Well, we have it set up. I think some of the music's in the back of the warehouses, and you
2: can roll up the garage doors, and you know, it's just some of the wineries have licensed outside of their Uh, okay their areas, but just walking the park with a glass of wine is. Do you
1: need to bring your own chairs? Just like uh, Shadow Saint Michelle, you bring your own picnic. Bring your own chairs. Bring your own chairs, and there's some food out there too. Correct, food trucks
2: set up. It's great. Good weekend. Good afternoon.
1: And it's free as well.
2: It's free as well. Correct.
1: Free Taste and Tunes on Saturday, July twenty fifth. This is a one time only. It's one p.m. to five p.m. Um, where do you, what do you suggest people park? Plenty of parking. Plenty of parking in the warehouse District. It's great, uh, Hollywood. You know, you've got the
2: uh, ballpark there, place to park, and the different uh, behind Purple Cafe some parking as well. So, mm-hmm. every you know, parking is what it is at Hollywood Schoolhouse di- or District, but warehouse, always ample parking.
1: That's great. So the warehouse district is just really four miles from uh, Chateau-Saint-Michel on that road. What road is that? That's uh, 195th. And then take a left on 144th. Okay, very cool. So we've got Savor at Sunset, which is the first and third Thursdays, uh, now through October. We have Celebrate Woodinville, which is uh, July 15th and 22nd, 29th. And this is a free event where you've got wineries, breweries, and restaurants. And I guess you got to pay for some food and some wine, but it's really free to get in. Correct. All right. And then finally, Taste and Tunes, which is a one-day-only event uh, in the afternoon, 1 to 5, on Saturday, July 25th. This is out the Warehouse District. Plenty of parking, um, and you pay for your own. Uh, tastings uh, a la carte kind of thing, or is there a pass? You pay for your own tastings, correct? Okay, great. So you can find your favorite winery or your your newest winery. And uh, where is Sumerian Brewery?
2: That is that's uh, Tyson's project. Tyson was at uh, Bet's Family Winery, also had worked at Red Hooks. So Sumerian is over by uh, Woodhouse Family Cellars. Oh, right okay, there. on that side, over by uh, Janik Novelty Hill mm-hmm. uh, Hollywood Tavern. Great, Pretty cool. Uh, have you been in yet? I yeah. haven't,
1: ne- I haven't, but I tasted some wine the other day, seen see some beer, <laughs> from his brewery out at uh, Redmond World of Wines, and uh, I thought it was tasty.
2: He's done a great job. Very great build-out, beautiful place. Good, solid beers. Yeah, Looking th- forward to it.
1: And quickly, the final event we have is called the Wine Country Triathlon. This is August 19th, uh, 6 o'clock. What's this about?
2: This is uh, one that uh, John Bigelow from JM had put together. And it's probably about three years since we've had this event, but uh, he had ran this for about three years, and it was uh, an event that uh, featured the uh, the breweries, the distilleries, and the uh, the wineries. So you put together a team. It's uh, it's, it's going to be hosted at uh, Red Hook Brewery this year, and so it's uh, I believe a five mile run, a f- five mile bicycle, and a one. Mile in the uh, Slough there, uh, either paddle or canoe, which is uh, always interesting. Kick your feet in an inner tube, maybe. Correct, correct. So you, uh, you know, you you've got the winemakers participate, or the, the distilleries and the breweries, the the owners, the principals are in, involved in it. So it's a it's a lot of fun. Put together a team, great. Consumer, you know, come out and enjoy it. It's well
1: put together. So cool. So the Wine Country Triathlon, August nineteenth. Can uh, consumers get a, a team as well, or is this all for winemakers? And they stuff? could
2: uh, contact individual wineries. So there's oh, probably, I, see. I think, about six to eight people on the team. Oh, okay. And um, oh, that's great. There's a an event afterwards. It's held there on the grounds at uh, Red Hook Brewery. That's uh, food trucks. There's gonna be food. Yeah,
1: I saw that a couple of years ago. It was pretty exciting. They had a lot going on, and, and I remember that. Um, Uh, So so fun. So, John Patterson, I want you to stick around. I want to talk about some Washington wine when we come back. But right now, everyone should be uh, checking out WoodenvilleWineCountry.com for the savor at sunset, the celebrate Woodenville taste and tunes, and, of course, the Wine Country Triathlon. That should really be a a chug, a drink, and a sip event, right? Yes. (laughs) So fun. Stick around. We'll be right back on Happy Hour Radio.
0: The home of the great one. Mark Levin, weekdays 3 to 6 p.m. Talk Radio 570 KVI. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Time for another round of Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan.
1: Alright, welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. I have my guest here, special guest John Patterson, owner of Patterson Cellars in Woodenville. We just chatted up about all the cool things heading in WoodinvilleWineCountry.com. Savor at sunset, celebrate Woodenville, taste and tunes in the Wine Country Triathlon. Sounds fun. If you want details, check out the website, WoodenvilleWineCountry.com. So, uh, final segment, John, let's talk about uh, Desert Island Wines. I want you to pick a white and a red from Washington State that you would love to enjoy on that a uh, very lonely desert island out there <laughs> in some warm atoll. Oh, uh, let's see. If I was going to pick a, uh,
2: a white wine I'd be stranded with, I'd definitely be a Chardonnay. I think that's probably one of my favorite white wines of, you know, definitely Washington and in general that I I, uh, I consume. I just uh, go to, ward- I obviously think Chardonnay is like tofu. It can take on whatever you throw at it. And uh, I think uh, a nice uh, oaked Chardonnay. A little bit of malic fermentation just gives it a nice balance, and and uh, that's that's probably my the one I if I'm look, look for a Washington white that's the one I grab off the you shelf. You have a
1: producer in mind that you say you know what I really love their wine is it, uh Ashen Cellars or I think Chris
2: has done a solid job. I really truly enjoy his uh, his white line that he's came out with uh, Ashen right Ashen correct yeah. and uh, just vineyard select. He does a you know a, a combination with the three vineyards as well. Um I think Silo or Silo, um you probably know what are the other
1: I had them on the show about a year ago now, yeah. And uh, there's another one. I it was by the Gorge. No, Slows by the Gorge. Correct. Uh, um, I can see it in my mind, uh, but it's, it's an old one. Is it uh,
2: Connolly's wine? Connolly,
1: and there's another one. It's not Rosa Behringer, is it? Um, anyway, so we got that Ashen Cellars at uh, Chris Corman's Glandry. I like it. It's a uh, great, great texture. I think we look, you know, we talk about not liking California Chardonnays because they can be too oaky, but when they're good. They're extremely good and they're great and they're delicious. And I like the Russian River stuff and some of the Sonoma Coast stuff. Um, When it comes to red wines, uh, what red wine would you like to be on a desert island? You and this red bottle. (laughs) This red bottle. Magnum, so you guys (laughs) can. Yeah,
2: I can can make it for a day or two. Uh, I would lean towards a Syrah. I'd. I enjoy a uh, just a solid Syrah from Washington State. I think it' uh, a nice earthy profile. It's got you know kind of a little meat note to it as well. But uh, that's uh, that's my go to wine for Washington Reds. And I think uh, FSA has done a uh, solid jobs on their uh, their Reds. And they have a beautiful Syrah. So that's probably my one I'd feel comfortable grabbing off the. They
1: shelf. have a couple. Is it Jolie and then uh, uh, salele What's it called? That I'm, I don't. Co- that, that, that might be a Kalele. Wine club. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you were correct on that. Yeah, so fun. Um, Syrah has really has really established itself in Washington. I know when we were proclaimed to be the next best place in, in 2005, and even prior to that, people, winemakers, were making it. But uh, it took us a while to figure out that this is not Cabernet. This is not a Bordeaux blend, so you don't need a lot of oak. You just need uh, to sort of let the grape show itself, show its pretty face. It does.
2: You tend to be a little bigger wines, a little more alcohol, but uh, just complexity that I think uh, just builds
1: over time. And uh, in the Rocks District, which is in Walla Walla Valley, but extends in the Oregon state, uh, that's pretty remarkable. You had so many wines out there? I have uh, definitely tried some
2: wines out there. We don't pull any grapes from that area, but uh, you know, obviously there's Martin, the Cay- Cayuse, the old guard, and you know, kind of brought some notoriety to that area.
1: Yeah, it's really expanded in the last five years with uh, the plantings, and uh, just to have uh, uh, Christophe Baron be sort of the the visionary in 1998 planting over there. I mean, yeah. gosh darn it, uh, lucky him and uh, lucky us because uh, having Kevin Pogue help establish that American viticultural area just this last what three months ago. It's let's, pretty pretty recent. Let's hope Oregon. lets us retain it. I guess that'll be the uh, the question. <laughs> <laughs> they keep
2: trying to grab it back because a lot of the uh, you know the obviously the rocks all that area is, is in Oregon.
1: Proper, or yeah. Oregon proper. Yeah, well um, that's kind of far away from any populated areas outside of Milton Freewater. Yes. Uh, well, so fun. Um, your Desert Air Wines or your Desert Island Wines, uh, Ashton Chardonnay and uh, Syrah from In the Rocks, right? Or Syrah from FSD? FSD, correct. Yeah, good stuff. Well, FSD is still in Woodenville. And who's the winemaker there? Peter.
2: And I just have him. Peter is FSD. I don't know his last name. You might have Do you have his last name? Oh, yeah, 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 well, I guess that's how I learned everybody,
1: winery, first name, and then you get to know them. (laughs) So cool. Well, John Patterson, it's been a treat to have you on Happy Hour Radio. Really enjoyed chatting about uh, um, your history again and um, obviously tasting some of these great pink wines uh, from Lauren Ashton and uh, your own uh, Patterson Cellars Rosé. And, of course, uh, sharing the great events we have up in Woodenville Wine Country starting, really, uh, this week, right? It's the third Thursday is next week. Uh, this being May sixteenth, so um, everyone should get out there and uh, you know go to the website. W- wine what is it Woodenville Wine Country.
2: WoodenvilleWineCountry dot com dot
1: com. Well, John Patterson, thank you so much. Thank you very much, Chris. Appreciate it. Well, had a great chat up and also some great wines and I uh, appreciate everyone tuning in on Saturday nights at 6pm to 7pm right here in 570 KVI um, speaking of pink wines, if you like pink wines, I want you to try uh, Lauren Ashton uh, Patterson Cellars and a pink wine that's called Coral Wines this is a rosé that actually I made and now you can see if I really know what I'm talking about up here on Capy Hour Radio Coral Wines available at PCC Markets at Champion Cellars, uh, McCarthy and & Shearing and Esquin and Impulse Wine.com. so check out Coral Wines, uh, you can go to our website CoralWines.com, but I look forward to seeing you next week, uh, Saturday uh, right here on 570 KVI and remember folks, life is always better with a designated driver Cheers!